welcome to La Vida Las Vegas podcast. We're two physical therapists living the life in Las Vegas. I'm Dr. Erica. And I'm Dr. Joe. We created this podcast for two reasons. First, to connect the healthcare, wellness, and fitness communities in Las Vegas. And second, to highlight all the amazing people we've met along the way. Thank you for listening. And remember to take care of yourself. Today, we are joined by Kevin Orlowski. Kevin is the co-founder of Merrifield Coffee Roasters based out of Ohio. Kevin tells us about his move to Vegas, how he got into coffee, and about the time he gave Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, business advice poolside. Welcome to La Vida Las Vegas podcast. We appreciate you showing up today. Hey, well, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. If you want to introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Sure. I'm Kevin Orlowski. I'm the co-founder of Merrifield Coffee Roasters. Uh, we roast to order artisan coffees from uh, single origins around the world. Love it. Which kind of, uh, or where, or which origin are they usually from? Um, so right now we have offerings from Guatemala, Costa Rica, Ethiopia. Um, we previously had, well, actually another one from Indonesia right now, that this dark roast we're drinking is from Indonesia, um, and Colombia, because they have the richest coffees in the world. Very nice. So what got you into roasting coffee? So uh, during the pandemic, uh, previously I was... Uh, I was a tour operator, um, actually uh, managed a tour company called GrandAdventures.com, and uh, we were shut down because of the government shutdown and a lack of tourism in Las Vegas. So I'm sitting at home, I'm bored, I'm drinking an inferior cup of coffee. I'm like, oh, this is really terrible. And I'm like, there has to be something better. So got to looking on the internet, found a, a roasting company for sale, and bam, here we are. Oh, that's awesome. So what's the learning curve on that? So once you buy a roasting company, before you take it over, do they show you how this stuff works, or do you just got to Google it? Or Yeah, you have to hopefully have someone that you're buying from that's willing to explain it to you. But yeah, that's um, we have someone that's been roasting coffee that's our roaster right now, so we didn't have to learn that part of the business right now. We just had to kind of focus on sales and marketing. Um, but yeah, we have a, a guy roasting for us, Jason. <laughs> That's awesome. And how do you pick which uh, origins, or how do you get those? Beans? So there's there's tastings. Um, there's different coffee suppliers, and you buy the coffee, and you kind of get a little roast going and samples, and kind of figure out which one, what flavor nodes go best, and what you're trying to hope to sell. Um, that's kind of what we're doing so far since September. Now for Jason, he's your your roaster. What yeah. what is the the thing that you look for in terms of like how long you roast something or like what kind of flavors does, just it, does that happen? Of, just the various types of coffees um, and the origins they're from kind of determine how long you want to roast the beans. Um, uh, so like most most uh, people like at least a medium uh, roast. Uh, lighter roasts aren't as popular, but um, a lot of people do like the dark roasts as well. Um, they work well with uh, coffees from uh, Papua New Guinea, uh, Indonesia. Um, various locations. Very cool. So what's your favorite brewing method for coffee? Um, I like the pour over. You guys nailed it with this right here. Really, really good cup. Yeah, it's good coffee. I like it. So if you were, uh, since you're a smaller roaster, like how do you go about selling to people? Uh, so right now we're word of mouth and online, um, trying to use social media to help out, but we did buy an existing company that she already had clientele. Um, so we have um, subscribers that get uh, coffee from us uh, bi-weekly and monthly, depending on what subscriptions they have. Um, but yeah, mostly website sales right now. 
What does the membership entail? Um, they just sign up, and uh, it's um, depending on what um, you choose, whether you want it biweekly. We have either one uh, to two bag offerings that are shipped uh, to you either uh, once a month or twice a month, um, as far as that goes. So they pick the ones that they want, or can you do a random choice, like the yeah, roaster's choice? It's it's kind of a roaster's choice, but if they do email and say, hey, we really like this, yeah, we'll just ship them out that same coffee again. Mm-hmm. And then Jason, he'll pick the coffee for him then if it's roaster's choice? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yep. Very good. So what brought you to Las Vegas? So I've been out here now 13 years. I was... Um, Back in Ohio, uh, I was dating this girl. Uh, we met in college. We lived together, and uh, I loved to fish, and I was fishing in the river every day. And um, basically, she's like, can you stay here instead of go fishing today? And I said, sorry, the walleye only run uh, this season. So I went out fishing, and she moved to Las Vegas, and I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> Ten months later, here I am. <laughs> Very good. You're in Las Vegas. So how's the fishing in Las Vegas? Uh, it's not as good, but yeah, Lake Mead's not too far. Uh, mm-hmm. In Utah, there's great fishing at Panguitch Lake. Um, I like that. Great trout fishing up that way. Mm. Very good. What do you fish for at uh, Lake Mead? Uh, straight bass. Um, there's also catfish, uh, bluegill, um, but they're they're kind of elusive over there thus far. But mm. people really do catch a lot of straight bass certain times of the year, just not me. What's your uh, bait choice for that? Use like zoom worms or? Um, I like the uh, anchovies chopped. I also use um, some top water baits that kind of replicate um, shad, <laughs> the, like a bait fish on the lake. So what allows you to figure out like, all right, this is the area I'm going to scope out for fishing? So I have, I have a boat and I have a fish finder and I go, uh, what, there's a few different ways you can try to locate fish. The time of the year, the water temperature, um, and that determines kind of where the fish move in the in the lake but um birds so if you see a lot of birds sitting over the water typically there's bait fish in the area and typically the bait fish are you know attracting larger fish and that's how you try to find where the fish are at what's the biggest fish that you caught in lake mead i've got a 32 inch striped bass do you with a net at the marina <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you catch and release or do you cook it at home and I, some depends sometimes i cook them sometimes i release them but truly if you do go down to the marina i don't know if you guys have been down there yet they sell popcorn in the gift shop and there's thousands no joke thousands of fish around the piers hmm. tons of straight bass carp catfish and they're the popcorn eating a variety and you just throw the popcorn at night <laughs> If they don't catch it. That's a secret. Yeah. Oh, huh. I forgot yeah. to try that out. Yeah, Wait, why popcorn? Why is popcorn a... I think just because the all the kids feed the fish the popcorn and they've just grown, grown, uh, grown accustomed to eating it. So it's pretty... You're, huh. not, you're not permitted to fish in the harbor, but at night, you know. Yeah. Huh. So they, is there a different... Like, do you catch more with the cheese-flavored uh, corn or the caramel corn, or does it <laughs> I matter? I think the cheddar works just great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cheddar original, it doesn't matter. Oh, right. nice. It's well, a the... feeding frenzy. It really is, truly. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to try that out. Yeah. So what else do you do other than fishing to spend your time in Vegas? Uh, so since I've been out here, I, I do um, boating, water skiing. Uh, two weeks ago, I went to uh, Brian Head, Utah, snow skiing. Oh, nice. Um, loved to, to hike at Frisbee Golf. Actually, right down here, mm. there's Bacoli Ranch, pretty good disc golf. Um, I, I, re- I do rec- traditional golf, tennis, um, and chase three kids around in all their sports. What do your kids play? 
uh, flag football right now, but um, they've also played like T-ball. My oldest son, he's a black belt in Taekwondo, so we did a lot of the traveling around hmm. to tournaments and all of that. Pretty fun. Excellent. What's something that you've learned and wish you knew sooner? In Vegas? Just um, in general, yeah. Well, here, definitely how to count cards and uh, how to <laughs> the lucky slot machines. Um, right. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, I wish I learned uh, that there was so much more to do than just the strip. I spent probably the first three years living out here, um, you know, going to every casino possible, trying to hit it big and uh, change the, the, out, <laughs> the outlook of life right then. But, uh, it, um, you know, the outdoors out here, really great. They have so much, um, you know, great hiking, good trails. Um, there's great hot springs hikes down by the Colorado River. Um, love all that kind of stuff. That's what I wish I knew sooner here. Yeah, it, it's strange. We got pretty lucky when we first came out here. I guess we'd already kind of seen the strip from a few other people. But the people we hung out with just tended to do more outdoor stuff. Gotcha. So then I guess that's how we... Uh, started staying away from the strip yeah but now i guess locals like just avoid it yeah some people i still get down there though oh know? yeah <laughs> oh yeah what do you think fremont, of fremont yeah okay. go to east fremont go down there they just opened up the new circa i've checked that out already um what is that it's called the circa it's the brand new casino it's the first um, new construction casino on fremont street in like 30 years so actually oh. probably more than that since probably the 70s hmm. so wow i have to check it out i didn't even hear about it yet yeah oh they have the world's largest, uh, or not the world's largest, the best sports book in the world. They advertise. It's like three stories tall. Oh uh, wow! Screens and oh. just like all the sports. Yeah, all the in... games are on, and they have their pool set up to watch sports too. So you go out by the pool, and they have huge teams uh, or TV set up, uh, flat screens, and you can watch the Golden Knights games there. It's a pretty cool environment to watch sports. Nice. So, uh, what got you into the touring company that you did before? So. Um, I had a friend of mine who was working for the company, and he's like, hey, man, you'd be a great fit. You love the outdoors. Um, come and try it out. And so I just decided to do that, and 2,000 trips later to the Grand Canyon, uh, I definitely enjoyed my time. I got to meet people from all around the world, 78 countries, uh, to chat with them just like we're doing about you know the cool things about where they're from, um, you know what li- they like to do. And it was a really good th- uh, good thing, good good." Um, good opportunity and to, to meet a lot of different people and uh, learn about the world actually you know more so than the books tell you actually talking to people you know for all these different countries and places asking what's good and bad about where they're from oh. what's some of the unique people that you met uh, I've met all sorts of uh, I met a guy from uh, Holland who um, this guy he actually there's a, there's a sunflower seed company hit, um, called Spitz and this guy, he's the one who started the company. And he was telling me he tried to immigrate from Holland to the United States. But um, at the time, it cost $500, and he didn't have $500 to immigrate here. So he borrowed money from his uncle, and he immigrated to Canada instead. And he started this pumpkin seed company, and then it ended up being a sunflower seed company. And he just told me, tells me that Frito-Lay buys it out uh, from him, and now he's a multi-multi-millionaire. <laughs> yeah. um, but pretty cool guy you stand on the edge of the grand canyon cliff and i'm like i've never heard of spitz and he goes to the gas station we were gassing up at and buys me five bags of it and he goes well now you have at the gas station <laughs> it's pretty cool wow um but but when i first um you know moved out here you know i had you know i'm like las vegas you know it's this place of excitement and you know it, you know adventure and activities so you know i tried to really you know have fun 
just right out of college, I was, you know, kind of still in that college mode and, you know, enjoying the time. And my uh, girlfriend, now wife, she worked at the, the Bear Pool in the Mirage, which is like kind of um, a party pool. And they have to promote um, once or twice a week at these various uh, clubs. And all the promoting was was uh, showing up, you know, eating and drinking for free and socializing. People try to get them to come to your party pool. Um, so uh, this particular time, I was actually at this nightclub in the Bellagio. Um, it was at the time it was called the Bank, and uh, I actually meet, I meet the guy who uh, founded uh, Twitter. He actually came to me. We were chatting, and this is 2008. So Dorsey, Dorsey, and uh, so we're chatting up. Uh, you know, oh, what do you do out here? Oh, you know, I, I was working for the party pool as a cabana boy, and uh, he's like. Um, well, I go, what do you do? Go, what do you do? We get to chat. And he's like, oh, you know, I just started this social networking company up, and it's called uh, Twitter. And what people send are called tweets. And I go, Twitter? Like, Tweety Bird? I go, and people are sending tweets? I go, that's, I don't know about the name, man. I go, we already have MySpace out here and Facebook, but I think the idea is cool, but I changed the name, you know? It's <laughs> never going to catch on. Yeah, clearly, clearly he didn't listen. <laughs> that was a pretty cool story. Um, yeah. But, uh. I felt the same way when the internet came out. I remember watching that that commercial when they had AOL online, yeah, right? And the guy's like, "My son can write a report about dinosaurs." And I remember yeah. watching that and thinking, "Stupid! <laughs> like, what is this thing? That'll never catch on." Exactly. And that was like the best invention ever. Yeah, go <laughs> and then we'll upload this to the internet yeah, later. Yeah. yeah, the faster than AOL, the dial-up though. <laughs> luckily, hopefully. So, as, as far as uh, what made you get, do the transition then from the. Uh, the tour guy company for the coffee company. Were you just looking for something to do, like I mentioned earlier, but why coffee? Why not something else? Um, you know, I looked into other things. Um, just I've always had an interest in coffee, and uh, every morning I'm thinking, um, you know, what do people, most people in this country have every morning, and it's coffee. And I think that a lot of people are having inferior coffee. Um, so I'm trying to provide better quality coffee from, you know, some unique spots around the world. Um, you know, we work for, with, uh, food for farmers. Um, it's a charity organization to try to, um, you know, pr- give money back to some of these impoverished communities that coffee comes from. Um, so it's pretty cool. So when you're, uh, looking for the different roasts, you said that you do some kind of a tasting, but, mm-hmm. but how do you know where to even find that at? Like what would be the process for trying to select it? Yeah. So most of that, um, the roaster, he has previous experience in it. He's a, um, a fourth-generation coffee roaster, so he's the guy kind of, since being newbies in this whole industry uh, as of uh, September, he's a, the go-to guy on the on the quality and just kind of the tasting of the coffee. And So that's, uh, that's where we get that from. Okay. How long does it take to roast a batch of coffee? Um, you know, it just depends on the roast. Um, like 15, 30 minutes, depending. Hmm. It seems so short. When I first heard about roasting coffee, I really thought it was like this long process that would take days. I had, I had no idea that it was just like yeah, pretty just, quick, actually. Yeah, you run it through and there's a process, though. And do different roasts take longer time or is it more like you're trying to get a certain uh, taste profile? Is that more, why you would change the time? More of a taste profile mm-hmm. in the coffee. Hmm. So do you put anything in your coffee or just drink it black? Uh, I'm just more of a black drinker. I used to, uh, before all this, I used to used a lot of cream, but now mm. I just like the, the flavor of the coffee itself. I noticed a lot of people make that transition. They start off with putting a lot of stuff in their coffee. Yeah. If they start with something like, you know, Starbucks or something else, and then once they actually can tell that there's these individual notes in the coffee, then they stop putting stuff in it. Right. So I agree with you on the inferior cup yeah. of coffee. For It's just like when you have uh, enough gas station coffee and McDonald's, <laughs> and you're like, ah, I need some more, you know, the, 
the percolated stuff is pretty bad now. You know, you're like, ah, oh, there's no flavor. Have you gone back and then tried gas station coffee again since you've been roasting I your own have, coffee? I have. In, in the one gas station I can recommend is Circle K. They do have a premium cup of coffee for a low dollar. Really? Oil. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, have, they grind the beans. It's a machine that grinds the beans for you. And... Uh, they may it bruise the cup. It's pretty impressive. At Circle K, I looked into it. The machine costs thirty thousand per machine. What? Yeah, crazy for gas station coffee. For gas station coffee. That's impressive. Yeah. And also shocking. Yeah, for for two dollar cup. Hmm, not so bad. So, uh, what's your plans for growing your company? Are you trying to continue online? Do you want to do a standalone location? Are you trying to get into stores? Yeah. So right now we're doing the online, um, trying to grow the online market, but, um, maybe eventually we'd like to maybe get a brick and mortar and maybe a drive-through type location. Um, we're just trying to figure it out right now since we're new into this business, but, um, that's the, that's the goal is to kind of build the social media, um, online sales and then. Um, you know, once everything cools off with the pandemic, maybe try something uh, brick and mortar. I love it. What's something that you commonly see and you wish more people knew about? Um, just in general? Mm-hmm. Um, in Vegas? Or just, you know, you, you learn something and you're like, wow, I wish more people knew about that. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, well, I guess there's the, I can, I see people paying for drinks on the strip they can get they can get those for free if they <laughs> wait for a cocktail waitress um there's that um uh what else um and those drinks aren't cheap no they aren't like uh, i have a, a buddy who's a a bartender at the cromwell and for like a standard drink there it's 16 dollars. So the guy orders a double and he's from not las vegas and he gets the thirty-two dollar bill, and he looks at that and goes, shh, shh, and takes off <laughs> to double swipe, <laughs> swipe the drink and swipe the the bill. Yeah, I, just, I was really surprised at how much it costs on the strip. But th- I think that uh, that's one reason too why locals go to Fremont is it's not yeah. as expensive, and it's it's a little bit more of like a local feel to it. I guess you could say too, and mm-hmm. the, the bars are not as uh, like they're not as themed as some of the the larger places on the strip. I, I like it a lot. Some of the restaurants are pretty good over there too. Oh yeah, the Carson Kitchen, that's pretty good. Um, uh, the Andiamo Steakhouse and the D Hotel, two of my favorites down there. We gotta check those out. Mm-hmm. They yeah, have tomahawk rib at the Andiamo, thirty two ounce of goodness. Nice. I'll definitely check it out. So what's your favorite cheat meal, speaking of food? Um, you know, probably pizza. Yeah, that's a good... It's not so much my favorite, but my wife's favorite. So that that's my cheat meal because that's her favorite. So I'm eating it. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's really good. So what are other hobbies or activities that you do out here in Vegas? Um, so I do... Um, I, I, kayaking on the Colorado River. That's a popular thing. Um, uh going from below the Hoover Dam down to Willow Beach. Um, it's a kind of a picturesque part of the Colorado. You go through the Black Canyon with 1,500-foot uh, walls um, and emerald-colored waters. And there's also a lot of, uh, actually, the state record striped bass was caught down there, 64-pound fish uh, right below the dam there. So wow. it's beautiful. That's a big fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, there's all the outdoors stuff, um, you know, out that way. Um, sometimes you go out to the desert and shoot guns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's fun as well. Yeah, we've had friends find some good stuff out there in oh, the desert, yeah? like metal detecting, or I, I don't know. There's uh, one guy that we knew that would come back with stuff on occasion, and one time he found a uh, uh, a boat, 
like oh, a yeah. boat, what do you, whatever you tow a boat on. Like he found one just vacant out there, like somebody had left it. Really? And he, went, he ran back home to get his truck, and someone Thanks. else already snagged it. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> that's cr- that's crazy. You might find a random toolbox every once in a while. Like it would be some excitement when you open that thing up, see what's in there. Yeah. It's kind of scary, but you know, kind of cool at the same <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, like here's the boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And someone's body. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what he was worried about when he opened that tool chest. He's like, luckily, just tools <laughs> this time. So what's something that you've been working on professionally, personally, physically, or just something that you're excited about? Um, well, I'm really excited to, to get this business uh, going, um, and that's professionally. And, uh, you know, try, trying to share my newly found love for this artisan coffee with other people. Like, um, I don't think that most of the country knows about quality coffee. They just know what McDonald's has or Folgers. That's the number one coffee sold in the country. Still? Still. Huh. Got to change that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So how would you describe artisan coffee as opposed to regular coffee then? Yeah, well, from single origins typically. Um, so you go with a, a grower that's that's known instead of a bunch of coffee that's put into a pool and then people buy it. Um, we know exactly where the, the source of the coffee is and um, it's from a single source or single origin, and that kind of makes up the artist in the roasting process as well uh, with, um, you know, the fourth-generation roaster that we're working with um, that really knows what he's doing makes a big deal. Um, and I guess that's why, you know, how you can make an artisan cup of coffee. So what are some of the difficulties as far as starting that up that you've run into? Um, well, buying an existing company there's always the transfer process of moving everything over. And then a lot of the unknowns, like um, just various, um, like with the payment, um, different payment methods, trying to set yours up. And then they have the old owner's um, information on there. And then you're trying to put yours on there. And um, and then when the social media transfers over, for some some reason, it's not syncing right. And uh, just a bunch of different, you know, left and right, there's a little bit of headaches buying something, especially... Um, an existing kind of internet company from someone else. Um, things you didn't know about right away. I think we ran into the same thing with the social media. Yeah. You, you, once you create this account, it's very hard to change it. Right. There's nobody to call. Oh, no, it's just emailing. You're, you can you know, send a little text and then and the, an, email, an email text, a message text, right? And then in two days yeah. they get back to you and then... You, you type back, and then two days later, they get back to you the next message, and it's just a pain. In fact, uh, our Facebook still isn't quite linked right. We can't input, uh, input our products onto the Facebook yet because of that same problem. Huh. Yeah, we had a similar thing. I think the first account we created uh, just got locked out. We never could get back into it. Like, no matter what we tried or sent them, it was never good right. enough. Yeah. So I can, I can share that with if you ever start your own Instagram page or a Facebook page, recommend you do it starting as a personal one from your personal one make a business account because i really learned that the hard way yeah (laughs) because i if you try to make your own essentially a personal account they won't they need to verify your id like identification so that's why they they want to make sure that you're essentially linking it to your own personal page to create a business one so there's not multiple Multiple identities, like, are people trying to create these accounts? I see. That's good. Good information. Yes, I learned. We learned that definitely yeah. after like months of trying to call slash email Facebook. 
and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre. It's like you have these tech giants, but yet there's no one to contact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like who really works yeah, there? Right. <laughs> Just a bunch of bots. That's it. <laughs> so what's something you'd want to leave the listeners with? Well, um, you know, enjoy the time here in Las Vegas. Um, it's a beautiful city, a great place to live and explore new uh, opportunities. And, um, you know, check out uh, merrifieldcoffee.com and, and try out your new uh, artisan roast. Very good. And we'll also put the links for your company in the show notes. And we really appreciate you being on the show. Hey, well, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. We'd like to thank you for listening to La Vida Las Vegas podcast. We hope you enjoyed the time with our guests as much as we did. It would help us out so much if you could share, subscribe, or review our podcast or any combination of the three. Thanks again, and remember to take care of yourself.